Is there a desire in you to not just attend revival, but live in revival? Welcome to the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. I'm your host, Isaiah Saldivar. I've been in revival for the last 10 years, as well as traveling and being a part of many revivals throughout the United States. I'm going to be sharing with you how to live a radical lifestyle of revival on a daily basis. We are first deliverance teaching of the year. I'm excited about it. We've taught on casting out demons from August to January. We have over 50 hours on the channel. So if you want to know more topics, you can check out the channel. We have so many different topics on deliverance, but tonight is going to be geared on deliverance training. So make sure you have a notebook. And here's the bottom line. We all need to be equipped to cast out demons. I'm so convicted and so convinced of studying scripture that every single one of us, that if we are a believer, then we need to know how, not that we have to be doing it actively, but we need to know how to cast out demons. You need to be trained and you need to be equipped and you need to be stepping out and casting out demons. It's the call for every single believer. Let me just say this. God does not have a plan B when it comes to delivering people. The church is God's answer to a world that the Bible says is under the power of Satan. They are desperate. They're looking for freedom and all we're offering them right now as the church in America is a service to come to on Sunday. But God is looking, come on, do I have the remnant tonight? God is looking for an end time army. God is looking for warriors. God is looking for the body of Christ to rise up in the power of Jesus to take the rightful place and to say, Lord, you've given me all power and all authority over demonic spirits. Your Bible says that you've been given power. You might say, this is review. Well, there's new people in here tonight. You've been given power and you've been given authority over demonic spirits. So we need to understand that God has called us to exercise our authority, that we're God's plan, that there's not like an extra plan. Like if this deliverance thing doesn't work out in the church, we have another plan. This is God's plan for the body of Christ. This is God's plan for a broken uh, world and church that's in demonic bondage. Now you guys know, I don't even like saying deliverance ministry because this ministry is Christ ministry. This is not the ministry of Isaiah or a deliverance minister. It is the ministry of Jesus Christ. So we have to start changing our language. We have to stop thinking about deliverance as some ministry for some special evangelist or some special preacher and realize that every single person is called to the ministry of Jesus Christ. And that is the ministry of deliverance. Jesus instituted deliverance ministry. He started deliverance ministry. He gave us the power and authority to exercise his power over demons. He commanded the disciples to drive out demons and he spent much of his ministry casting out demons. So this is not some abstract, like you have one verse to lean on. Jesus of the 20 something miracles he did, he did seven deliverances. So this was major in the book of Acts. They continued to do deliverance. If you look at the ministry of Philip, the only evangelist in the New Testament labeled an evangelist, his, his ministry was casting out demons. So this, again, this is not like one verse that we have where we're like, oh, deliverance is important. There's overwhelming biblical evidence. And here's what we do in our generation. Somebody help me preach tonight. This is what we do in our generation. If we don't like something in scripture, many of you don't like deliverance. Many people in the church don't like deliverance. Well, I'd say many of you do like it. That's why you're here. But many people in the church don't like deliverance. So what do we do in our generation when we don't like something? 
We edit it out. If we don't like the way our teeth look, if we don't like the way our skin looks, if we don't like the way our body looks, we just download an editing software and we edited out the part that we don't like. And this is exactly what we've done with deliverance. We've edited it out of scripture. And so now we have a Bible that we read and study and we preach on Sunday morning that doesn't have deliverance in it, that doesn't have miracles in it, that doesn't have the power of God. So you have a lot of people that say, this is my first time. Tonight will be the first night. Some of you hear a message on deliverance, on casting out demons. And that is a problem. We've put filters on the word of God and we've edited out the word of God. We've edited the part of deliverance. So we ignore the fact that Mark 1, Jesus starts with casting demons out of the synagogue. We ignore the fact that Jesus was going town to town. The Bible says synagogue to synagogue, casting out demons. We ignore the fact in the book of Acts, they started casting out demons. We ignore this. And so we just teach people you don't need to drive out demons. But here's the thing. I'm here to preach the whole Bible. Some of you say you preach on the Holy Spirit. You preach on prayer. You preach on end times. And one guy wrote me, said, maybe you shouldn't teach on end times. Maybe you should leave that to someone else. I said, brother, with all due respect, I'm called to preach the entire counsel of God. So I'm preaching the entire Bible. That's what we're creating a community to the whole Bible. We're not just doing a portion of the scripture. We're not just doing a part of the scripture. We're doing all the Bible. And too many of us call ourselves Christians but we don't do what Christ did. And Jesus did not say, memorize what I told you. He said, do what I told you. So we've been shout out to Jaden who preached on Sunday morning. We've been called to do scripture, to do what God has told us to do. So it's not enough that I know Mark 16, 17, that we could cast out demons. God wants me to actually drive out demons. Jesus didn't say memorize it. He said, do it. John 20, 21. He said, peace be with you as the father sent me. So I'm sending you. Then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Look at the power that Jesus gave the disciples. This was Jesus telling his disciples the same way the father has sent me to the earth to bring healing, to bring wholeness, to bring deliverance. I now send you to do the exact same thing. John 14, 12, I tell you the truth. Anyone that believes in me will do, listen to what I'm about to say, the same works that I've done and even greater. Now, I know a lot of you religious people are like, oh, we shouldn't have, we don't have to do greater. And that wasn't, Jesus said this, let's just forget the greater part, even though it's in there. He says, you're gonna do the same works I have done. So what are the works you've done? He healed the sick, he raised the dead. He cleansed the lepers. He preached the gospel. He preached with power and authority and he cast out demons. And he said the same thing that I've done, you're now going to do. And here's why, because I'm going to the father. And so I'm sending you with my spirit and with my power to drive demons out of people. This was not a select few. This was anyone that believes. So maybe I don't believe. And so maybe I shouldn't attack. And this is what we do. We attack people that do deliverance rather than just believe. And so we say, oh, brother, is everything a demon? Oh, brother, Christians can't have demons, which we're going to talk about tonight. Oh, brother, deliverance messages are not a big deal, and you're talking too much about the devil. And pastors and leaders, and I've seen this happen as, as deliverance has been going viral, pastors and leaders will talk against deliverance instead of just believing. And they're like, why don't I see deliverance? Well, how about because you're making fun and you're talking bad about everyone that actually does deliverance and rather just believe and say, Lord, if this is your word, which we already know it is, I, I'm gonna believe you in your word and I wanna see deliverance. You cannot see, write this down, deliverance if you're arrogant. You cannot see it if you're prideful. You cannot see it if you're cocky. You cannot see it if you're cynical. You cannot see it if you're negative. If you're bashing other people that do deliverance, 
Don't expect to see deliverance ministry. If you're talking bad about people that do deliverance, don't expect to see deliverance ministry. If you're here right now and you say, I want to cast out demons, then right now is your moment to ask the Lord, say, Lord, help my unbelief. God, help me that I've made fun of people. Help me that I've mocked people. Help me that I've talked bad about people. Yeah, the counter's not working. It's all right. We're going to go for it without the number counter going. Help my unbelief. I want to see deliverance. So you need to break the cynicism. And I'm going to show you some stuff here that we're going to have to repent from and renounce because there's a lot of bad teaching and misconception. And I want you to, I want to make this statement. There's so much wrong teaching right now when it comes to casting out demons by people who don't cast out demons. So I don't know why you're coming to me saying, watch this guy. He's talking uh, against deliverance or against you or whatever. I honestly, I don't want to hear from anyone that doesn't do deliverance. So you're listening to preachers and pastors and leaders. And it's the same thing that we hear right now. There's a big controversy if you're in Christian YouTube culture on speaking in tongues. And a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, it's not God's will for you to speak in tongues. And it's not available to every believer and saying stuff that's contrary to what Paul said. Paul, inspired by the Holy Spirit, says, I want all of you to speak in tongues. That's literally in the word of God. It says that in the scripture, but we have preachers that say we shouldn't speak in tongues and those preachers don't speak in tongues. And I'm not saying you're less than or you're more than because it doesn't measure how spiritual you are, but I'm saying ignore the people that are preaching against stuff that they're not doing. So guys that talk against miracles, they don't pray for the sick. So why am I going to listen to you when you don't do that? You don't even do deliverance. Now, if you do deliverance, I'm open to hearing what you have to say about it, but I'm not open to hear from critics. I've said this before, the loudest boos come from the cheapest seats. So I want to tell all of you that are on the field in the harvest, stop listening to haters that are on the, in the stands. Stop listening to haters that are doing nothing for God. Go after God with boldness and conviction and don't let anything stop you. A guy recently popped up on my Facebook. He was teaching about how Christians can't be demonized. Luckily, there was only eight people in his live stream. But my whole point was, he doesn't do deliverance. I know this guy and this guy does not do deliverance. So he doesn't have authority. Now I believe that God has made me an authority in the body of Christ, specifically in America, in deliverance. We have the largest YouTube channel on deliverance. And I believe God has made me, I've traveled for 10 years, I pastored for nine years, I train, I teach, I've done over 50 hours of deliverance teaching. Now that I actually do deliverance on my spare time. I do deliverance in all my services. So I believe God has made me a voice. And so as a voice for deliverance from the ministry of Jesus Christ, I can't sit by while people are teaching bad doctrine. I'm going to come and correct many of this tonight, okay? And so one thing I'm realizing more and more as I'm teaching and preaching on casting out demons is how incredibly ignorant it is to say, for people to say, we should not talk about deliverance we might give glory to Satan. How many of you heard that type one? Don't talk so much about deliverance, you'll give the devil glory. So you're telling me, so this is what you're telling me. Casting out demons brings glory to the demonic realm. That's what you're telling me. And the last time I checked, this is what the Pharisees accused Jesus of. When Jesus was driving out demons, they said you do that by the power of Beelzebub. So this was Pharisees accusing Jesus. And there's nowhere in the Bible where it says, don't talk about deliverance. Don't talk about the devil. Don't talk about darkness. Nobody, <laughs> I feel the Holy Spirit tonight. Nobody is leaving their deliverance after getting demons cast out of them saying, oh, praise Satan for that deliverance. Nobody is leaving their deliverance, giving glory to the devil. Nobody is watching my videos and then giving glory to Satan after. Like they watch my teaching on the spirit of Jezebel and then they say, oh, Satan, we just thank you so much for Isaiah exposing Jezebel. Like this is so ignorant to say in all my time doing deliverance, 
I've never seen one person give glory to Satan because remember deliverance brings Satan out of darkness into light and it strips him of his power. What does the Bible say? It says that Christ openly triumphed over the enemy and the principalities and the powers. So Satan defeated the enemy openly. I'm sorry, Jesus, let me retract that, defeated Satan openly on the cross. He did not defeat him in a back room. He defeated him on a hill in public on a cross. So we also are called to defeat the enemy. It doesn't have to always be in private, but we defeat him oftentimes publicly. And so if you read your Bible, you're going to know Jesus talked about the devil more than any person in the Bible. And someone forgot to tell Jesus not to talk so much about the devil. I mean, imagine if Jesus had a YouTube channel like mine and what you'd be posting on his Facebook wall if he was alive today. You'd be posting in the comments, Jesus, why do you cast demons out everywhere you go? Give it a break and focus on something else. Jesus, why do you keep talking about deliverance? Why do you keep driving out demons in the synagogue? Jesus, why are you telling every believer that they should cast out demons in Mark 16? It should only be for pastors. Jesus, why are you going against what the religious people are teaching? Could you not just go with the flow? But that's not the God that you serve. The God that you served, he turns tables upside down. I, I wish somebody would help me tonight. I, I, I thank God that God has given me the boldness to preach what all these other people are afraid to preach. I thank God that you guys are hungry and that you guys are here. And here's what the religious people hate. The religious people hate the fact that they can't control us. Here's why deliverance is going mainstream. Because social media has given, oh, come on, Holy Ghost, has given us the ability to go around the guard, the religious guards of the church for years have guarded us not letting us preach deliverance behind the pulpit and so God is raising up people on social media that are going around the religious guard and so all these religious pastors that don't want us preaching this they can't do nothing about it because we don't need their Sunday morning pulpits to preach deliverance. Now, are there many pastors that are preaching it? Yes. Are there many pastors that want it? Yes. Are, is there a great move of God happening in the church? I'm, I've given my life to the church. I'll be this weekend. I'll be next weekend. I'll be preaching the weekend after in a church. I believe in the body of Christ, but what I don't believe in is the old religious wineskin trying to stop deliverance from happening in the body of Christ. So now people are going around the guard, going around the religious, and they're just doing what the Bible says to do. So Jesus, once again, is flipping the tables on religious people. Do not be shocked when they accuse you of being the devil when you cast out demons. You got to understand it's impossible for the devil to get glory in deliverance because the only person that gets glory in deliverance is the kingdom of God, is when Satan's kingdom gets destroyed. People say, you shouldn't post videos. You're, you're shaming people. The only one getting shamed in deliverance videos is the devil himself. The only one getting exposed in deliverance videos is the devil himself. The only one that's losing his power is the devil. And the only one getting glorified is the kingdom of God. It's never happened where someone got delivered and they praise Satan for the deliverance. So stop it with all of your foolish nonsense. Listen to me, pastors. Stop it with all of your foolish nonsense. And I'm doing my one finger shame on you for getting up there, for shaming people that preach deliverance, for shaming people that need deliverance, and for shaming people that are actually doing deliverance. So get off your high course, get, get off your high horse, get off your golf cart, and stop being religious. Stop being religious and start casting out demons instead of casting demonized people out of your church. Come on, Pastor Vlad, where are you at? Stop casting demonized people out of your church and start casting out demons. I'm, I'm getting myself excited tonight, all right? If I'm not helping you, I'm helping myself tonight. I, I just feel the presence of God so strongly. Luke 11, 
The way to establish God's kingdom is through casting out Satan's kingdom, is the establishing of the kingdom of God. So I'm sorry to tell you that Jesus did deliverance. So who is it then? And let me say this, the only person that does not want you talking about deliverance, the only person who wants you to make a lie saying Christians can't be demonized, the only person who wants you afraid to cast out demons, the only person who wants you to think deliverance is a special anointing, a special gifting, is the devil. If you're wondering who wants me to believe this, who's trying to convince me Christians can't have demons? Who's trying to convince me I shouldn't talk about deliverance? Who's trying to make me afraid, which is one of his strategies we're going to talk about tonight, and excuse me if I go long tonight, is demons, is the devil. So if we are pastors and leaders and we partner with this theology, then we are empowering the spirit of the enemy. We're empowering the spirit of the Antichrist. The Antichrist spirit is not just a person. Remember, the Bible says the spirit of the Antichrist is already at work. The Antichrist spirit, think about this, is anti the ministry of Christ, anti the things of Jesus. So if Jesus's ministry was healing the sick, raising the dead, preaching the gospel, casting out demons, when we oppose those ministries, we are partnering with an antichrist spirit. Is it possible that the spirit of the antichrist has entered through the church through us persecuting? Oh, come on, help me tonight, Holy Ghost. Persecuting those that do deliverance ministry. When we persecute those that are doing the work of God, we are in turn persecuting Christ. Well, how do you know? Look at Saul. A voice, a, a, a bright light sh shined, Saul falls to the ground, and a voice speaks out of the light and says, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And in Saul's mind, Saul's like, I'm not persecuting you. I'm, I'm zealous and religious. But here's the thing, Paul, Saul, by persecuting believers that are doing what I did, you're actually persecuting me. So pastors and leaders understand when you persecute those that do deliverance, you're actually persecuting Jesus himself because Saul was persecuting the people for doing the work that Jesus did. They were casting out demons, the book of Acts says. They were healing the sick and they were preaching the gospel, Acts 2.38. They were telling people to receive the Holy Spirit. Saul persecutes them. Jesus says, you're not persecuting them, you're persecuting me. This should be scary territory. And by the way, I'll do another video on this. The blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, according to scripture, not Isaiah, because you got to read the text and let the text interpret the text, is when you call the work of deliverance satanic. So you got to understand, the devil is creating lies to continue to hide. Demons know that they are powerless once you know that they're there. They're powerless once a believer knows his legal rights and his authority in Christ. So as long as they stay hitting, they are fine. And don't come at me tonight. All oh, you talk about is demons. This is my first deliverance teaching of the entire year. So let me just preach, all right? Don't come up in here and try to say, all you talk about is demons. You don't follow us. You don't know our teachings. You're a naysayer and just go ahead and feel free to unfollow. It would just be, it would just be better if you do that. Praise the Lord. But I wanna talk about some myths and then some goals of demons. And these are important to note as you continue to cast out demons. This is gonna take you to that next level training. If you've watched all my other deliverance videos, you've binge watched all of them, this is gonna help you take you to that next level. This is that, that next level that God wants to take you. And okay, so let's talk about some myths, some lies, some strategies or some lies the devil's made concerning deliverance ministry. Myth number one, write this down and I'll post all these later um, and refresh you with all of them. Number one lie, and this is very popular. I haven't talked about it in months, but it's very popular. It's resurfacing its ugly head. Is Christians cannot have demons. That's lie myth 
Assignment number one is that Christians cannot have demons. And this is Satan's absolutely favorite myth and the most common that I hear constantly. It's absolute. If there's any myth I'm going to give you, this is Satan's favorite because he's gotten the demons, he's gotten the church to believe this and demons now work freely in our churches and demons remained unchallenged. They remained unthreatened and they have free reigned in our lives because we don't believe that they can be there. So we've now normalized, and if you don't agree with me, you're go, you just stay with me. We've normalized being demonized. We've normalized hearing voices and we've normalized being in bondage. I told you guys a couple weeks ago, I heard one of the most famous pastors in, a, in, the, in, a, in the world, probably the most famous pastor, talk about as he was at his therapist and he was telling his therapist about the voices he hears and he was on the pulpit saying it was normal to hear voices. This is where the church is at. We've made it normal. Now you have demons. Oh, you're normal. It's just the flesh. Just keep battling your whole life. And this leads to people being demonized. And I'm going deep tonight. Stay with me. But never seeking help. Why would I seek help for something a leader or pastor taught me is not there? Now they don't consider, which we need to consider, the thousands and thousands of testimonies of legitimate Christians who have been delivered. So here's what you have to realize. There's one camp that says Christians can't be demonized, which I'm gonna show you what that means in a minute. There's another camp that says they can. The camp that says they can't are, are the ones that have no evidence. The camp that says they can, we have overwhelming, not just biblical evidence, which I'm gonna give you, so get ready to take notes, but also we have thousands and thousands of testimonies of genuine believers that received deliverance after receiving the Holy Spirit. I got delivered, by the way, after speaking in tongues, after getting changed, after being radically saved, every emotion changed, every desire. I still had demons from my past I needed to get delivered from. Now here's the problem. I want you, if you don't get anything tonight, I want you to get this tonight. Here's the problem, and I want you to stop saying this. I don't want to hear this word anymore. We say Christians can be oppressed, listen to me, but they can't be possessed. But here's what I want you to realize. There's no such thing as either in the Bible when it comes to deliverance. So stop saying the word oppressed and stop saying the word possessed because they don't exist in the Greek. This is why the church is so confused. Now, here's the misunderstanding. When they translated the King James Bible into the English, listen to me, there's a Greek word called daimonizomai, okay? Daimonizomai. That means what they've translated, that word demonized into the English, and here's how they translated it. They translated it to possessed with devils. The problem is that's not what the word means in Greek. It's a poor translation. The actual Greek translation of the word daimonizomai is to be under the power of a demon. So possessed and oppressed are not biblical definitions. And this is where we get confused, okay? Let me set the record straight. So here's what you're gonna say. Well, what am I supposed to say? You just say demonized. That's all you do, that's all you say. So is a, can a Christian be demonized? Yes. Can an unbeliever be demonized? Yes, because all it means is to be under the power of a demon. Now, this is not a new teaching. Derek Prince, Don Dickerman, Frank Hammond, Bob Larson, anyone that does legitimate deliverance, Frank Hammond is going to tell you this is the true translation is to be under the power of a demon. Let me give you a shotgun bunch of verses. Now, here's what I want to say. All the people that are going to tell you, which I'm going to tell you the verse they're going to use, I'm going to break it down and we're going to prove them wrong again here. All the people that tell you Christians can't have demons, they have no verses. They have no, you ask them next time. Can you show me that in the Bible? Because here's where they're going to come. They're going to try to bully you and they're going to say Christians can't have demons. And they're going to say this, show me in scripture where a Christian had a demon. Now I'm going to show you tonight. I would love to. I'm excited to. They're going to tell you that. 
and you're going to tell them this show me in scripture where it says a christian can't have a demon they're going to have nothing to say because there's no verse in the entire bible now let me give you verses that not only say they can but also imply they can mark 139 the bible says get ready to take notes jesus went from synagogue to synagogue casting out demons where was jesus doing deliverance in the synagogue wow that's amazing matthew 16 Jesus said to Peter, Satan, get behind me. Was Math was uh, um, Peter not a Christian? Uh, well, you can decide that. John 13, the Bible says Satan entered Judas. Okay, well, you're saying, well, brother, Judas wasn't a real believer, and that's before the cross and the dispensation of grace, and what about the uh, book of New Testament? What about after the cross? There's no one in the after the cross. Oh, okay, let's look at Acts chapter 5. Peter said to Ananias, I quote, Why hath Satan filled your heart to lie to the Holy Ghost and to keep back part of the price of land. Now, Acts chapter 5, Ananias is a spirit-filled believer, a part of the New Testament church, the early book of Acts church, and Peter used the word filled. He could have used any other word. He could have said, Ananias, why has Satan oppressed you? Ananias, why has Satan influenced you? He said, why has Satan filled you? The word filled is the same word from Acts chapter 4. I'm dropping truth tonight, y'all. Acts chapter 4, when they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, I'll give you more. 1 Peter 5. Um, 1 Peter 5 says, be sober and vigilant because your adversary is looking for someone to devour. This is to the church. Well, Peter, Satan can't mess with believers. They can't demonize us. So how would he devour us? Um, 1 Timothy chapter 4, Paul warns Timothy that a time is coming where they will depart from the faith, believers, believers, and they're going to give heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. These are believers, okay? Because you can't depart from the faith if you're not a believer. Are y'all with me tonight? So he said they're going to give into deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. These are believers that are going to do that. So Christians can give into demons according to 1 Timothy chapter 4. But let's give you more because I think some of you aren't convinced yet. 2 Corinthians 11, Paul tells the church of Corinth, I fear that you would receive a different spirit other than the Holy Spirit. Wait a minute, Paul. Why are you afraid Christians can't receive other spirits? But Paul says in 2 Corinthians 11, 4, you're going to receive another spirit other than the Holy Spirit. Matthew chapter 12, when a demon leaves a person, it comes back to the house to see that the house is swept and in order, but not full. When darkness leaves you, you need something to fill you. So Jesus says when a demon goes out, it creates a spiritual vacuum that if it's not full, the demon's going to come back worse. This is the best picture of deliverance for believers. Why? Because the world can't fill their spiritual house. Only believers can. So why would deliverance not be for the believer? Okay, you're still not convinced. Let's keep going. Matthew chapter 10. Again, when you talk about people that say they can't have demons, they have no verses, okay? I heard one guy saying, how could a demon enter the Holy of Holies? And I'm like, bro, you're not the Holy of Holies. If you think you are, you need to study scripture again. All right, Matthew chapter 10. Jesus told the disciples, don't go to Gentiles or Samaritans but go to the lost sheep of Israel. And here's what I want you to do. Preach to them, heal the sick, raise the dead, and cast out demons. Now, all you that are mad, you're like, I don't like this, and you're teaching on Christians having demons. Don't be mad at me. Be mad at your Bible, okay? I'm not the one that wrote it. I'm just giving you the verses. So don't be mad at me. Be mad that you're lazy. All right. So he said, go to God's people. They're the ones that need this. Mark 7, 24 and Matthew 5, 21. The Bible says deliverance is the children's bread. Luke 13, a woman in the synagogue was bound by a demon. Galatians, Paul said, who has cast a spell on you? A witchcraft spell in the Greek on you for you to believe this. 2 Corinthians eleven four. I told you about this. He says, you happily put up even if pre people preach a different Jesus, a different kind of spirit or a different kind of gospel. 
Let's go to this one. Here's a good one. Are you ready for this? Acts chapter 8. The Bible says that Philip preached the gospel. We're going long tonight. Praise the Lord. They heeded Philip's word and they responded to his preaching. So they he preached the gospel. This is Philip, the only named evangelist in scripture. Okay, so this is the model of evangelism. If you want to look at the actual text of scripture, he preaches the gospel. They heeded to his word. What does that mean? It means they responded to the message. What was he preaching? He was preaching Acts 2.38. He's preaching repentance, get saved, receive the Holy Spirit. After they heed to the word, Acts chapter 8, the Bible says he cast out demons. So they become Christians and then he casts out demons. Well, Philip, Christians can't have demons. Just why would he even cast out demons if he could just convert everybody and they wouldn't need to get deliverance? So understand this. Okay, I've given you way more than they're giving you. When someone says a Christian cannot have a demon, they usually have never done deliverance. They've usually never done deliverance. They do not have one Bible verse. I gave you over 15 right now, or over 10 at least. They don't have one Bible verse, yet we have overwhelming evidence. In fact, in the face of overwhelming evidence, the burden of proof is on the skeptic, not on us, okay? And you have to think about this as well. What defines a Christian? Think about this, okay? Let me help you here. In the New Testament, we define a Christian as, and tell me if I'm wrong, one who has faith in Jesus as Savior and Lord. Is that not the definition in the New Testament of a believer? So if we look at that, who Jesus healed and delivered from demons, and ask whether or not they had saving faith, we have to conclude that most of all, most of them, if not all of them, came to Jesus in faith. If you look at the people that came for deliverance, they came in faith. And faith probably, um, it, it, so let's look at this. Jesus said this in Matthew 9, Mark 5, Luke 8, and Luke 17. Jesus said, your faith has made you well, okay? Your faith has made you well. When Jesus said that, he was saying, your faith in me, being your savior, was the vehicle which through I could heal you. So these are people that had faith in Jesus, they believed that he was going to save them and they put their faith in him. And Jesus said, your faith has made you well. So is it safe to say that they were believers in Jesus? So again, if you start down this myth that Christians can't have demons, you got to understand you're going to be in dangerous territory because now you're always trying to figure out, well, who's a believer, who's not. How about we just go back to the original text and we realize that yes, Christians can be under the power of a demon. In fact, I only do deliverance on believers for the reasons I just told you. And I've delivered various pastors, some of them high profile, I can't name. So you need to understand. Now let's do this. Now, a demon can't live inside of a Christian spirit. The Christian spirit is the part that died when Adam sinned. Remember, the Bible says that you were spiritually dead. So now Jesus lives in our spirit. Our spirit that was dead, the Bible says Jesus resurrects us spiritually. He's raised us from death to life, and now we go from being dead spiritually to alive. So where do demons live? They live in the soul. This is the body, the mind, the will, the emotions. They live in a different compartment. That's why they dwell together. Now, here's what they're going to say. Let's talk about what the critics are going to say, because I'm not just going to tell you what I believe. Let's, let's talk about what they believe. Here's what they're going to tell you. Light and dark cannot dwell together. Come on, type one if you've heard that. Light and dark can't dwell together. Let's read what, that, what they're actually talking about there. They, this, is, this is what they say. And um, this is what the Bible talks about, okay? Don't team up with those. This is what they quote, Paul. Don't team up with those who are unbelievers. And this is what they quote. How can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with darkness? What harmony can there, listen to this. What harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer partner with an unbeliever? And what union can there be between God's temple and idols? For we are temple of the living God. Again, 
Have you guys saw anywhere where it talks about demons? Because I still haven't. I will, this is what God says. I will live in them and walk among them. I will be their God and they'll be my people. Therefore, come out from among the unbelievers and separate yourself from the unbelievers. Do not touch their filthy things, speaking of idols. And I will welcome you and I will be your father and you'll be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. This verse is the only verse they quote has nothing to do with demons. It has to do, listen to me closely, and Paul actually says in the original text, these should not be, okay? Not that it can't be, but it should not be. And what should not be? Believers and unbelievers should not be dwelling together. You should not be at parties with them. You should not be partnering with all these people living in darkness and hanging out with them all the time because they're going to influence you. What else did he say? You should not have idols because idols should not be dwelling in the temple of God. We are the temple. It doesn't say demons. Does it say demons? It doesn't say demons. It doesn't say spirits. It doesn't say, can Satan live inside a believer? It has nothing to do, it has to do with unbelievers yoking with believers. Okay, so that's that. Nothing to do with demons. And again, Paul doesn't say light can't dwell with darkness. He said light shouldn't dwell with darkness. Again, nothing about demons. Well, how could something, now let's, let's think about this, okay? Because the next things they're going to say, and I'll end it with this, and we're going to myth number two, because we're 32 minutes in, and I'm on point number two, and I got a whole bunch more to go through, okay? Again, nothing about demons. Well, how could something unholy be in God's holy temple? Well, let's look at it. Do you remember when Jesus came to the temple the first week of his ministry, and the last week of his ministry, what was in the temple? The Bible says that they were thieves inside the temple of God, and Jesus drove out the thieves. Y'all remember the money changers? They were selling sacrifices, animals, they were changing currency, and they were breaking the laws of God. Jesus said, you've turned my father's house, the temple, into a den of thieves. They're the thieves in the temple of God. Jesus drove them out. This is a prophetic picture of deliverance. Jesus driving thieves out of the temple. Now, you might say, well, how could uh, unholy things dwell in something holy? That Very simple. Those were thieves living in God's temple, selling sacrifices. It wasn't that they couldn't be there. It's that they shouldn't be there. So Paul says darkness and light shouldn't dwell together. Now, can it dwell together? We know it can dwell together because Paul's talking about yoking to unbelievers and many of us are yoked to unbelievers okay so that's going to be the longest point of tonight christians can be demonized so stop saying oppressed and possessed and we'll stop being so confused you can send that to your religious friend and family and i gave them plenty of verses and then they can write me and they can give me all their verses about christians can't 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 have demons because they're not going to have any all right i've i've studied this guys i've got i've talked about it i've listened to videos i've watched every video you can think of of people that say christians can't have demons and every one of their arguments are flawed and unscriptural remember and i'm coming down hard you're like why are you so hard on this because i'm tired of people preaching false doctrine that keeps people in bondage I want to see you get delivered. I want to see you free. I'm tired of the lies of the enemy. I'm tired of the bondage of the enemy. And we have 2,700 of you watching. My counter's not working, but I can see on my screen. Praise the Lord. Number two, and I'll give you all these at the end. We got to go quick, guys. Come on. Help me go quick tonight. Number two, this is the second myth of deliverance. Deliverance always has to have dramatic manifestations. This is a myth, okay? This is not always true. There can be deliverance without dramatic manifestations, and there's usually some manifestations, but don't think the person if, is not getting delivered if they're not manifesting like crazy. Like, we think the crazier they yell, the crazier they levitate, and they foam at the mouth is like something more is happening. There doesn't always have to be a manifestation in deliverance. There often is, but there doesn't always have to be. Luke 13 is a perfect example because the woman who's bound for 18 years 
doesn't have a manifestation and she got delivered now was there manifestations in scripture yes we see convulsing the book of acts i believe it's 8 7 says that many scream as demons left them we see manifestations of people thinking they were dead falling to the ground as if they were dead and you might say why do people fall over when a demon comes out well it happened in scripture and they thought man the boy's dead when really he was just got deliverance now is it possible for that not to happen and deliverance to happen absolutely luke 13 Jesus laid hands on her and she was healed, okay? Now, did she need healing or deliverance? Well, it's clear because Jesus said for 18 years, Satan has bound her with the spirit of infirmity. So she needed deliverance. Jesus lays hands and the demon comes out. So there doesn't always have to be dramatic manifestations. Some of you watching, you say, I was burping, I was yawning, I was coughing and the demon left me. It doesn't have to be speaking out of you going crazy. In fact, I prefer deliverances that the demon doesn't speak. The only time we talk to demons, if you know my teaching, is when they don't come out and we need to interrogate them and we need to uh, confront them. It's not conversation, it's confrontation of why they're not coming out. So now, if you're working with unbelievers doing deliverance and they're not believers, you're going to see strong manifestations because they've given the demons permission. And usually if you're working with an unbeliever that doesn't want deliverance and you force deliverance on them, they're gonna manifest a bunch, they're gonna shout a bunch, they're gonna scream a bunch, but they're not going to get delivered they're just going to manifest and you can manifest for five hours and never get delivered so that's why there's some very dramatic manifestations sometimes okay now a few reasons why we don't always see super dramatic manifestations remember we only post very few of our deliverance videos we do lots of deliverances and we post one or two so a lot of them we don't post because they're not nothing crazy they're just normal the person sits there and we pray and if we posted them there wouldn't be much interest because it's just normal prayer so that's why we post mostly the dramatic ones so you think all of them are like that's not true so a couple reasons why a lot of times you're not going to see dramatic manifestations is number one a lot of times we're doing deliverance on only christians and when the holy spirit indwells the person's spirit okay it's gonna prevent a lot of violent manifestations. Also, another reason why you won't see crazy manifestations is because the person getting delivered is hungry, they're willing, they're desperate, and they wanna get free, okay? So usually if they want it, there's less manifestations. And you need to understand that both God and Satan will honor the human will. So it's virtually impossible usually for someone to get delivered that doesn't want the deliverance. I have not seen anybody get deliverance that didn't want to be free. Every person I've dealt with wanted to be free. Well, you might say, what about the man at the tombs? He had thousands of demons. The man wanted to be free and Jesus knew that because the Bible says the man ran to Jesus when he showed up and got on his knees. So you're telling me that a man that runs to Jesus and gets on his knees doesn't want to get delivered? Absolutely, the man wanted to get deliverance. So he was seeking Jesus for deliverance. So that was number two. Again, if you miss a point, I'll give you all the points at the end. So don't stress out. Number three, those who need deliverance write this down deserve the demons that they have this is what we teach all the time oh if you have demons you deserve it so number three myth is those that need deliverance deserve the demons so many times we look at demonized people and we say well they deserve to be demonized they deserve to uh, have demons but you need to understand most people that need deliverance don't deserve to have the demons interestingly write this down jesus never blamed anyone for having demons Think about this. There's not one verse where Jesus said, you deserve to have demons. Come on, are y'all helping me tonight? You deserve to have demons. You shouldn't have demons. It's your fault you're demonized. We never see Jesus blaming people for having demons. Now, he did accuse people of having unbelief, being the disciples. He did believe, uh, uh, tell people they weren't desperate or that they weren't willing, or he rebuked them for the unbelief, but he never rebuked people for having demons. So a lot of people that have demons, 
they desperately want to get freedom they desperately love jesus they want to serve god and they continue to be demonized and by us demonizing them we're only damaging them we're telling oh god's trying to teach you something let me tell you something god is not trying to give you demons to teach you something and we as believers need to be moved by compassion for those that are demonized religious people very rarely even come for deliverance it usually is people that humble themselves and acknowledge that they need help and most people that have demons they got demons from a childhood abuse they got demons from a trauma they were born with demons so a lot of people that have demons now is there a lot of times of course where it's from a habit or a sinful act but i'll tell you right now there are so many god-fearing god-loving genuine believers that need deliverance not because they did something but because someone did something to them so you need to understand not everyone that has demons deserve demons we need to be moved by compassion and stop demonizing the demonized all right this is good preaching isaiah number four write this down number four myth problems are either demonic or they are emotional now i've gotten in the error of this sometimes when we teach deliverance we say that's either an emotional problem or it's a demonic problem but we don't recognize it's usually both we have to stop dividing things because here's what we do we say you either have an emotional problem and you need counseling or you have a demon and you need deliverance but that's not always true now it is true that you can't you can't counsel a demon out and it is true you can't cast out an emotional problem but you need to understand emotional issues and demons usually go hand in hand so we have to understand when we're talking about emotional healing or praying for healing we have to get rid of the garbage not just the rats demons are the rats so sometimes we get rid of the rats but we leave the garbage and the demons or the rats just come right back because demons can't create something from nothing all right they can only take advantage of what already exists so if there's emotional or spiritual problems that's the garbage the demons are attracted to the garbage those are the rats so the person with emotional problems usually will have demons but if we don't pray for healing the demons come right back and you know this because you've seen people get fully delivered fully delivered and they don't repent they don't change their mind they don't get healed in their mind and they go right back to those things so the demons are the rats the emotional issues the problems the baggage the bondage that's the garbage and if we just evict the rats kick the rats out there eventually more rats are going to come so how do we get rid of the garbage then okay if we get delivered how do we get rid of the garbage and get healed emotionally we need to pray that god renews our mind that comes with having an intimacy with the holy spirit and we need to close that door we need to pray and seek god we need to spend time meditating on god's word we need to repent and change the way that we think we need to fast and build intimacy with christ these are all ways that we can remove the garbage so this is how you remove those demons or the things that demons are attracted to so i want to really challenge you to stop separating emotional from demonic problems and say wait a minute this is both oftentimes the demons came because you had an emotional abuse emotional trauma and you develop something that's why when people get delivered they still have certain habits that they need to pray for the lord to renew their mind they need emotional healing there is room for inner healing there is room for prayer for healing so we need to also acknowledge that that it's not everything's just cut and dry a demon or an emotional problem but it's usually both okay so that's number four number five myth okay is only those with special gifting can cast out demons I feel God calling me. Now listen to what I'm about to say here. Don't get all mad at me. I feel God calling me to deliverance ministry is not a biblical statement, okay? 
Every believer is called to deliverance ministry. You don't need to feel called. You don't need to wait till God calls you. The word of God, according to the word of God, says you are called. According to Luke 10, Matthew 10, Mark 16, and Matthew 28, which says teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. You are called. You don't need a gift. Write that down. You don't need a special anointing. Here's a good one. You don't need to be talented. You don't need someone to put their mantle on you. All you need is faith to believe God at his word. And God's word says that you can cast out demons. So you don't need 2,800 people, praise the Lord, listening to this. You don't need a special calling or assignment. You just need to believe the word of God. Casting out demons is not a spiritual gift mentioned in 1 Corinthians 12, Romans 12, Ephesians 4, or 1 Peter 4. It's not an office. Remember, Jesus sent the 12 in Matthew 10. He sent the 72 in Luke 10. And then every believer, me and you, in Mark 16, and then in Matthew Matthew 28, he said, teach them to obey everything I've commanded of you. So he commanded them to cast out demons. No one can argue that. And then he tells the disciples, before you go, teach them, who's them? The future church that you're going to reach, the new converts, teach them to obey everything I've commanded of you. What did you command me to do? You commanded me to cast out demons for everybody. So you got to understand now gifts are helpful. Words of knowledge, discerning of spirits, but I want you just to go for it. Will you make mistakes in deliverance? Yes. Will you mess up? Probably. Will there be trial and error? Yes. But I'd rather make mistakes than do nothing for God. There's nothing you can't you can do that God can't clean up. So don't be afraid of messing up. Don't be afraid of making mistakes. This is how you learn. You're only going to get better in deliverance with experience and with time. Deliverance ministry will increase. I'm telling you your faith like number four. Your faith is going to skyrocket when you start doing deliverance ministry. Okay. Oh man, I, I did not plan to go this long, but we're going to go for it here. Number six, I'm just giving it to you guys tonight. All right, I could drag these streams out. I could probably milk like a month out of tonight, but I'm not going to do that. All right, I'm not going to milk it. I'm going to give it to you guys tonight. Number six, deliverance should be fast. Okay, man, this is a good preaching tonight, brother Isaiah. Number six is deliverance. Deliverance should be fast. That's a myth. It's a lie. They say this is what they're going to say. Jesus did it in an instant. Well, first of all, that's not true all the time because the Bible says the man at the tombs, he had been commanding the demon to leave and the demon didn't listen. Then Jesus engaged in conversation with the demon. Also, to add to your point, pastor, you're not Jesus, okay? I know you're awesome and you got a big church and you wear nice leather pants and you have a large following and you think everything's fast, 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 just like your prayer life. Oh, come on, somebody. Are you guys catching me? But deliverance is not always fast. Just because you only pray five minutes a day, just because your prayer life is fast, just because your fasting life is only a day and it's fast, doesn't mean deliverance is fast. We have a lot of pastors that are microwave believers, microwave pastors, drive-through pastors. They want everything now, now, now. They download their messages off Sermon Central. They don't study, they don't pray, they don't live holy. They wanna just get in and out as fast as possible. They think that way about everything. Oh, I'm preaching strong. So when they look at deliverance, they go, oh, that should be fast because everything else I do is fast. My services are fast. My prayer life is fast. You know, all this stuff is fast. Even though I spend 45 minutes to get my hair done before service, everything else is fast. And so these are these plastic, synthetic pastors that preach a gospel that Jesus didn't preach, all right? Now you're like, why are you calling them out? I'm not calling out no names. I, I want to, but I won't. If the shoe fits, wear it. Acts chapter 16, the Bible says the demon and the girl came out within the hour. So it wasn't instant. This is such a lie that those who um, believe and teach deliverance, those that teach and preach this, 
don't usually do deliverance, okay? So there's many variables to time. What are the variables to the amount of time a deliverance is gonna take? Number one, how demonized is the person? Number two, how experienced is the minister? If you're not experienced, it's gonna take you longer to cast the demon out. Number two, three, what is the setting? If you're in an altar versus in a room where you can talk and engage, it'll be much easier in, in a room than at the altar where everything's loud and you can't hear anything. Okay, how about this? How much time did, the, did, the, did you spend actually casting the demon out versus talking? How many of you have been in deliverance and you spent two hours talking? I've done that. And then you say, oh, the deliverance took two and a half hours when you spent two hours talking, 30 minutes casting out the demon. So that's another thing to think about when it comes how long a deliverance takes the another one to think about is this was there a cult involvement when people are involved in the occult i can't always tell you why the deliverance usually takes much longer the demons are much stronger how open and honest is the person okay that's another question we have to answer did they renounce and truly forgive that's another answer are they ready to be delivered is another answer and are the demons wanting to leave the person remember i taught you guys last week you got to make your body a place demons don't want to live if you keep feeding them getting them doordash and chick-fil-a every day and giving them compromise whenever they want it the demons are going to want to stay in your house you need to turn the power off you need to turn the water bill off you need to turn the lights off stop giving your demons wi-fi turn the router off unplug the xbox and stop making your demons comfortable on the inside of you and the less comfortable they are the more they're going to want to leave okay so those are the six myths when it comes to deliverance now let's let's talk about this and we're going to go through this as fast as we can I used to go like an hour and a half, two hours just on the teaching. So whatever, guys, I got, I got to give this to you guys tonight because it's strong and you need it. And this is going to be part of it. And I'll give you all these points after. Let's talk about the goals of demons real quick here. The strategies of demons, the tactics of demons to better understand their agenda. Now, Satan's overall agenda, come on, take notes. I hope you're on this long tonight. Is to steal, kill, and destroy. But there's various ways that demons function. Now, demons don't only work from the inside. Demons also work from the outside. And I do believe demons are are assigned to work on the outside i believe there's demons on the outside and they're lurking and watching looking for an open door in my life okay so i believe demons do look for open doors they do watch us they do try and trick us and they do spy out our weaknesses and i think those that are doing more for god probably have stronger demons assigned to them so if you're doing more for god there's probably likely that there's stronger demons assigned on the outside again not the inside but assigned on the outside to try to destroy you and try to find an open road or an open door so we need to look at these tactics now these tactics are not limited listen to me closely because we're, we're give, giving you a lot tonight are not limited to just them working on the inside but these tactics are also applicable to demons working on the outside so every tactic of a demon i give you just know that it's also could work inside it could also work outside and i'm not going to go into every detail this is not exhaustive there's a hundred strategies of demons i'm going to give you just some of the most common ones okay and I'll give you an overview at the end and I'll paste the points hopefully in the description if I don't forget. Number one, get ready, of tactics of demons. Number one is temptation. Now, I believe demons are the number one thing responsible for people's temptations. Now, we know that Judas was tempted. We know that Peter was tempted. We know that Ananias was tempted. All three of them had demonic activity working in their lives. Now, demonic temptation, if you're taking notes, is much stronger then the temptation of the flesh. De demonic temptation also usually brings about perversion. So if you're wondering, is the temptation demonic or is it my flesh? The demonic temptation will bring perverted things, okay? What is perversion? Perversion means, write this down, the wrong version. Let me give you an example. Sex in marriage is God's version of marriage, of sex, okay? 
God's version is sex in marriage. God created it and it's, it's a beautiful thing. Sex outside of marriage is perversion. It's the wrong version of sex. It's fornication. It's wrong. Now, what is what makes it wrong? It's perversion. It's the wrong version, okay? Again, when you're talking, I got to be careful here because I'll get my video flagged and taken down and they won't post it to people. But anytime you think of perverted desires or temptations, that's a demon tempting you. Usually, the flesh does not give you perverted desires, okay? So if you're having desires for the same sex, that's usually a demon tempting you because the flesh inherently is not attracted to the same sex. Are you guys seeing this? That's perversion. Again, the temptation a demon brings is a pulling rather than a desire. When a demon is tempting you, it literally feels like something is pulling you or forcing you to do something. And if that's the case, it's usually not the flesh. And I remember now, you're like, how are you so good at this? How do you know this? Because I remember before I got delivered from the spirit of lust, I was an un- when I was an unbeliever, not wanting to do certain things, like I literally didn't want to do certain things, but I felt like there was a chain around me and I felt pulled to do things. I, I felt pulled to drink. I felt pulled to engage in sexual immorality. And I, I would do this and come on, everybody in the chat knows what I'm about to say. You would do that. You would watch the pornography, whatever it was. And then you'd bang your head on your, t- on your desk or whatever it was. And you'd say, I'm never doing this again. I'm never doing this again. You'd go out and drink and you'd say, I'm never doing this again. I would never do this again. I'm never doing this again. And then that demon would bring you right back. And the next night you would do it and you'd say, I'm never doing this again. Why do you live in that cycle? It's because it's a a demon dragging you it's a demon pulling you to do the thing you don't want to do it you're like I don't want to do this but the demon pulls you okay it pulls you to do those things that's a demonic temptation it's a goal of demons demons if they're in you they can speak to you they can give you thoughts and they can give you desires if they're living on the inside of you now if a demon's on the outside of you they can still speak to you but you'll actually hear their voice if you've ever woken up and you felt like someone was talking to you or you felt tempted and you felt a voice tell you to do something and it wasn't on the inside it was an outward voice that's a demon on the outside trying to speak to you so that does happen it's it's not very common but can happen now demons also know what each of us are susceptible to. So they'll tailor make thoughts, they'll tailor make desires in our minds to cater to our weaknesses. So for example, demons will seldom tempt you in a sexual area with someone that's not vulnerable in that area. So if you're vulnerable in a sexual area, then that's where the demons are gonna tempt you. Like a demon's not gonna tempt me to do drugs, I've never done drugs. Demons can't create, they can only bring up old desires. So I already know if I'm getting tempted to do, like I'm never, I've never been tempted in my life to do drugs, okay? demons not going to come with drugs but they do know my temptations from the past so i have to make sure i'm careful when demons are trying to tempt me i know that they want to drag me away also remember that demons are relentless they'll keep hammering away until they break through you got to look at samson delilah was persistent and the bible says that samson finally got tired and gave in because she was persistent so you might say well isaiah the flesh can also tempt us and that's true but we're not talking about the flesh right now okay this is not a video about the flesh it's a video about demons and remember the flesh doesn't have a voice the flesh can't talk to you so if you're hearing voices in your head that's not normal mr pastor that just preached that okay i wish i could say his name but i don't want to become that channel that's not normal that is a demon now you might be here and you're like well demons don't really tempt us where's that in scripture what did satan do when he encountered jesus he tempted jesus satan who the bible says is the prince of demons his tactic against the son of god is temptation now 
think about this. Satan is going to battle Jesus. He's going to use his most powerful tactic, right? I mean, am I wrong? He's going to use his most powerful tactic going against the son of God. Now he, he does somewhat believe that Jesus is the son of God. So Satan opens up his trench coat and I'm being, I'm just giving you an analogy. He opens up his trench coat. He looks at all of his tactics, line, this, that, all of his tactics. We're going to go over more because I don't want to give them all away. And he says, what tactic should I use? This is the prince of demons. Jesus said, the Bible says the prince of demons, what tactic? He says, let's use temptation. That's going to be my nuclear weapon against Jesus. Now we know Jesus did not give into temptation, but if Satan is the prince of demons, what do you think Satan's strategy is? What do you think demons strategies are? Their strategy is to tempt you. I heard one guy say, oh, the flesh tempts you. Demons don't. I'm like, you have not read your Bible because Satan literally tempted Jesus in the wilderness. Are you guys hearing me? Thank you. Okay. Now, what do we do about this? First Corinthians 10, 13. The temptations in your life are no different from what others experience. So you're experiencing temptations just like other people are. But here's what it says. Are you guys ready? But God is faithful that he will not allow the temptation to be more than you can stand. This is what it says. Listen to what Paul is about to tell the church in Corinth. When you are tempted, he will show you a way out so that you can endure. So it's not if you're tempted, it's when you're tempted because you can be tempted, okay? He's going to show you a way out so that you can endure. So here's how you overcome temptation. Are you ready? I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm literally about to tell you this secret. According to Paul, 1 Corinthians 10, 13. I'm going to tell you the secret to overcoming temptation. Here we go. Find the exit. Find the exit. There is always, this is what Paul is telling us. He's saying God is faithful. And what, what does God do in his faithfulness? He always gives you an exit. Every time, 100% of the time you're tempted, God says, I'm going to give you an exit out of temptation. So your job is to find the way out. Now, when you find the exit, you run out of the exit like a lion is chasing you because a lion called Satan is chasing you. And Peter says he's looking for someone to devour. Find the exit. Okay. So you're up there late at night watching pornography. There's going to be an exit. It's called the exit button. It's called leaving your wherever you're watching it. If you're with a girl and you're tempted sexually, find the exit. The exit's called go home. Why are you at the park at midnight? Why are you alone with her at midnight? Find the exit. If you're tempted to do a, a bad deal or a deal at work or still money, find the exit. Any There is not one temptation that you can't find the exit. Now, if you keep giving in, it's because you chose. God will always give you a way out. You'll never be forced to give into it. Okay. Number one was temptation. Number two is disruption. Demons disrupt. They want to cause disruption in your marriage. Now disruption, the definition is disturbance or problems which interrupt an event, an activity, or a process. Okay, so demons will entice you to make bad decisions to interrupt what God is doing in your life. They want to interrupt what God is doing. They want to move things around. They want to disrupt things. They want to disrupt relationships. They want to disrupt marriages. They want to disrupt families. We have almost 3,000 of you watching tonight. They want to bring disruption. They want to cause issues for you at work, issues for you in your marriage, issues for you with your kids. And demons actually do work harder when they're in, um, are in Christians to do this. Because remember, a demon is less incentivized to ruin an unsaved person's life because the person already belongs to them. So there's no incentive for a demon to ruin someone's life that already belongs to them. Demons and unbelievers usually only start working when someone starts sharing the gospel. So if a demon is in an unbeliever, it's usually not working very hard because it already owns the person. It'll only start working hard when the gospel starts getting shared with them. That's when all hell breaks out. 
Okay, now I read this article of a non-Christian psychologist. Listen to what I'm about to say. A non-Christian psychologist sitting in a deliverance session where they were delivering a believer. And this is what the article said. A non-Christian psychologist observed a session with a demonized Christian and asked the demon why he would live in the Christian woman rather than in him, the non-Christian psychologist. The reply from the demon was, you are no interest to me because you already belong to the evil one. Evil is within you deeply rooted. The demon even gave the name of the four demons living within the man. So the demon called out the psychologist telling the names of the demons that lived in the man. Referring to the demonized Christian, the demon said, I'm interested in getting her and possessing her um, because she, she belongs to God. I'm interested in destroying her, tormenting her so she doesn't pray, she doesn't seek God, she'll, she'll fall away from God. And listen to what the demon said, she'll fall away from God and be like the rest of them. I'm in her mind, not within her, but I'm inside of her mind. That was a demon speaking out of someone to a non-Christian psychologist. But this just shows us the intentions of the demons. Now, can demons lie? Yes, but this is concurrent with scripture. Jesus didn't tell the demon when it said, my name is Legion, you're a lying demon. I hear people all the time say, don't talk to demons, they just lie. Demons have the ability to tell the truth. We know that because when Jesus talked to the demon out to the tombs, Jesus didn't rebuke the demon from lying because the demon wasn't lying, okay? So you gotta remember, demons seek to disrupt Christians, disruption. Number three, a, a tactic of demons is ignorance. Oh man, you're preaching strong tonight, Isaiah. Ignorance. This is a major strategy, and this is a strategy of demons to keep you ignorant of their presence and their activities. Demons don't want you to know that they are there. They hide in darkness. I can't count how many times I started casting out a demon, and the demon said, how did you know we are here? Or I'll literally be talking to someone, and the demon will tell them, he knows about us. He knows we're here. Because demons are hiding. They play on ignorance. Ignorance is a a major strategy of demons. They don't want you to know about them. In fact, let me just say this. Demons right now are absolutely hating this broadcast. They're absolutely angry that you're listening to this. They're angry that you're listening to me. They hate that you follow me and they hate deliverance teaching. Demons absolutely hate deliverance teaching. They don't want you listening to this. They don't want you following this. And they're mad that you're in this broadcast tonight because you got to understand they want to keep you ignorant. Now, if you're ignorant, you're not going to fight against them. So demons, here's what they do. They piggyback on problems rather than create new problems so that they can hide effectively. And this way you not think that you had demons. Now I knew I had demons because I was having the most bizarre, bizarre thoughts ever and the demons gave themselves away. Now if the demons weren't giving me these incredibly bizarre perverted thoughts, they would have probably got away with it. But because they were giving me those thoughts, I already knew that it was a demon. So, so understand that they gave themselves away. So you have to understand that if a person could explain the problem away with natural reasons, the demon's able to hide in the problem. So if you can say, oh, this is why I'm anxious. This is why I have fear or addiction. I'm just going to be that way forever. Demons love this because they hide. And I can't count how many pastors I've heard say, oh, I just struggle with depression and anxiety and this and that. And it's, I'm just going to be this way. It's the way God wants me. Demons love that because they hide in the problems. And then you think the problems, I hope I'm not going too deep here, but you think the problems are natural. So you never try to get delivered. Demons love, write this down. Demons love working behind the scenes. They love pushing people to react in dysfunctional ways. And then they encourage you to blame yourself. They say, oh, that's not you. That's not a demon. That's just you. Demons love this. They love this. Okay. There's a, now, now here's the thing you have to remember about demons. 
There's a constant balancing act with demons to not overplay their hand. So they'll hide for years only to surface at the right opportune time. Now, why, if there's a demon in me, why doesn't just always have me lusting or always have me drinking or always have me angry or always have me just nonstop violent? Because I would know it's a demon and I would go seek deliverance. Now, a lot of people that come to church are coming that are extremely demonized and they come and they say, I need help because I'm addicted to alcohol. Most people come to church because they have a need. They need to get healed. They need to get help because they're alcoholic. They need to get help because they beat their wife. And so the demon literally drives them to the cross. And I thank the devil sometimes for all the issues in my life because it drove me to the cross. Remember, Satan walked Jesus to the cross. Are you guys with me tonight? Satan brought Jesus to the cross. So it wasn't God that brought Jesus to the cross. It was the devil literally and the bible says if the principalities knew what they were doing they would have never killed him they would have never crucified him so satan brought jesus to the cross and satan oftentimes will bring people to the cross by oh i love this preaching by overplaying his hand so he has to be careful okay number five tactic is deception deceit is a major weapon remember john 8 44 says satan is the father of all lies satan continually aims to deceive anyone who will listen to him he deceives us about who we are he deceives us about who god is he lies about who god what god's called us to do he's constantly if you look at the in, um, the garden of eden he said that's not true god's a liar you're not going to die if you eat the fruit that's genesis 3 4. he also told him in genesis 3 1 did god really tell you that did God really say you need to get delivered? Did God really say you, he wants to free you? Did God really say that the ministry of deliverance is for everybody? Did God really say Christians can be demonized? Did God really, he'll keep getting you to deceive you to question God. And, and have any of you heard this uh, in your mind? Like, why would God allow that to happen? If God really cared about you, he would have never let your parents abuse you. If God really cared about you, he'd never do these things. Or can you really be that forgiven? Or how about this? Are you really saved? How do you know you're saved? These are all things the enemy is doing to deceive you. The voice in your head, I don't really know if I'm a believer. Or how about this one? You've sold your soul to the devil. The devil owns you. You can't be saved. These are all the devil deceiving you. Demons deceive. If you're hearing those voices, these are the voice of demons. So you need to understand demons deceive. So number four is deception. Number five is fear, okay? Another demonic strategy is to get you to fear demons. They want you to be afraid of them. Even in deliverance, they'll flex and manifest in wild ways to cause you to fear them, to put fear in you. I've had demons say this, I'm too strong for you to cast out. You're never gonna cast me out. You don't have what it takes. And then five minutes later, they're screaming out of the person. Demons want you to fear them so you buy into their strategy. I was in a deliverance, I told you guys about one time, it was so dramatic. I'll just tell you what happened. The girl got on all fours. Okay, I'll paint the picture here. This is a little bit maybe graphic. I don't know. She got on all fours, upside down on her back like a spider on all fours. Her head, like I'm talking exorcist status. Her head was upside down backwards and her head turned like, like out of its joint, her head turned upside down, upside down like a spider. And she was walking around the room, crawling backwards with her head upside down and making all these noises and speaking in some tribal language. And... I'm, I'm telling you, the hair stood up on my arms. The hair stood up on the back of my neck. A cold chill went down my back because the presence of evil and the strength of this demon was so strong and I knew what was going on. God told me this. He said, the devil's trying to make you afraid. He's trying to make you fear the demon. That's why sometimes you'll see people's eyes go black. I've seen people's teeth get sharp. Now, you don't have to believe this. I don't care if you believe it or not. I've seen all this in deliverance. I've seen people levitate. This is all real. It's to cause fear. Now, 
I noticed that the one of the people in deliverance was turning white as a ghost. I mean, they were like flush, like they were afraid. About 20 minutes went by. We were in the middle of another demon and the girl was like, I need to use the restroom. We were talking to her about a different demon, a different thing she went through. She was renouncing. She went to the bathroom. I looked at everyone in the room and I said, don't you dare let these demons scare you. Do not let these demons flex on you because all the demons are doing is they're flexing. They're trying to show you how strong they are. So I looked at the, one of the girls I knew was afraid. I said, don't be afraid. I started quoting scripture. I said, the same spirit that raised Christ is living on the inside of you, that God has not given you a spirit of fear. I started quoting scripture. I said, don't be afraid of these demons. We're going to cast them out. And surely it took about five hours total, but it was over 50 demons. We ended up fully delivering the girl. But understand something. Demons are trying to make you afraid. They're trying to make you fear them. Let me give you some common fears that demons are going to give you. These are all demons, we're, we're, and we're exposing them. I know they're mad. I know they hate this. How many people are on here? Oh, we just broke 3,000. Okay, I know they hate this. We're going to go here. Here's, here's a couple fears that demons are going to give you just to help you. Fear you won't be delivered. How many of you had that fear? I'm never going to get delivered. There's no one that can help me. Fear the demon is too strong for you to cast out. That's a fear of a demon. Fear the demon's going to come back right after you get delivered. Fear you've blasphemed the Holy Spirit. That's a fear a demon gives you. Fear, you've sold your soul to Satan. Remember, Satan can't buy something you don't own. You don't own your soul, so Satan can't buy your soul from you. So that's a fear that the devil gives. Fear of messing up in deliverance. These are all fears that the devil gives to people so that you don't do deliverance, but don't buy into the tactics of the enemy. Now, the best thing to do, if you're really getting afraid and it's getting too overwhelming, take a break, stop the deliverance, call the person back by name, so if someone's manifesting, like I recently had a lady at, an, at a service, I knew she wasn't going to get delivered because she had a bunch of occult spirits. She was brand new. She didn't even know the Lord and someone brought her and she was kicking me. She was going crazy. I just knew she wasn't getting delivered at the altar and they were having trouble getting her to stop manifesting. So I called her out by name and I said, come back in Jesus name by name. Okay. And that's how I got her to stop manifesting the strong demon. So if you're overwhelmed, if the demon's contorting, or I've seen people crawl up walls, I'm telling you guys, I've seen this stuff then stop the deliverance, take a break, get a drink of water, say a prayer and go back into it because you have to know that you have more power than the demon. Okay, we're an hour and 20 minutes in. We're going to keep going. We're almost done. Strategy or tactic number six is harassment. This is the sixth strategy of demons and Satan is referred to in John 14, 30 as the ruler of this world and Satan absolutely hates anyone that wants to come wander into his territory and try to set people free. So he's going to bring harassment your way. In the book of Acts, the Bible says that Herod vexed the disciples and that word in the, that Greek word means that he harassed them. And this is just the devil messing with you. Have you ever felt this? Demons mess with you just because they can. They're going to harass you. And this could be things affect them affecting you with things like your health, weather, could demons affect weather? Yes. Relationships, your sleep, your diet and other things. If you're woke, getting woken up every night, they're just harassing you. They're just making you mad. Like when I go travel and preach, I'm in hotels and I'm trying to get a night's sleep. A lot of times I don't sleep well. I'm wrestling and, I'm, and God will tell me like there's demons here. They're just trying to harass you. Just fight through it. So demons will mess with you to harass you. Um, if you've ever noticed on Sunday mornings, the struggle, like why is it Everything's fine all week long. If you go to Disneyland, there's no trouble. If you go to work, there's no trouble. The moment you try to get your kids ready for church, they start manifesting every demon known to man. Everyone's yelling, everyone's angry. The whole ride home, the devil brings up fights. He's just harassing you. This is what demons do, demons harass. Now, when we do deliverance, here's the flip side. We're actually harassing Satan's kingdom. Remember the demon said, have you come to torment us 
before the time. So when we evangelize, we're harassing Satan. When I'm live streaming and preaching about destroying Satan, I'm harassing him. So we also could harass Satan by laying hands on the sick. We could harass Satan by casting out demons. We could harass Satan by fasting. We could harass Satan by starving him, by not feeding him what he wants. We could harass Satan by casting demons out of people. So some of you need to harass him back. All the time he spent messing with you, harass him back by casting out demons. Okay, last one here. We're an hour and 23 minutes in. Here we go. I'm going on vacation tomorrow till Friday. So last one here. Number seven, um, strategy of the devil. I hope you're getting help tonight in deliverance. I hope this is helping you and understanding the strategies and whether demons are there or not. Okay, number seven. Are you ready? Convincing you it's you. Oh man, preach brother Isaiah. Convincing you that it's just you. The demons will give you thoughts and they'll make you think the thoughts that they're giving you are your thoughts. They'll give you desires and make you think that they're your desires. They'll give you emotions and they'll make you think that they're your emotions. Now, when I went and got deliverance, my sister delivered me. I sat there and I was at work and I had this thought, again, so perverted, so grotesque. And I instantly knew, wait a minute. I don't want to do that with that thing or that person. I don't want to. So I knew the thought was not my thought. The devil wants you to think your anxiety, your stress, your anger, your suicidal thoughts are normal and it's just you. So what demons do is they convince you that their voice is actually your voice. So they'll say, take your life. And it sounds like your thoughts. It sounds like you want to do it. Or they'll say, watch this or do this. And they'll entice you. They'll tempt you. They'll try to drag you away into bondage and they'll make you think it's you, but it's not you. The thought of you're not saved. God doesn't love you. And you think that that's a demon, my friend. That is not you. That's a demon talking to you. The devil's strategy is to get you to think that it's you. So some ways you can know it's a demon is they're going to pull on you. If you feel an overwhelming pull or desire, it's a demon, okay? Here's another one. How about this? It speaks to you in third person. If you hear we in your head, that's a demon. Now, let me just say this about all these people, you know, Demi Lovato coming out as like non-binary, right? She's like, we, he, she, like, oh, I don't know all the pronouns, but they want to be called all these pronouns, right? They want to be called we, right? So I'm not male, I'm not female, I'm we. Friend, that's a demon. I don't care what anybody says, that's a demon. The Bible says the man of the tombs said in, in him are many for we are many. We are many demons spoke out of the man saying we, if you want to be called we, we, that's a demon. I know you're going to hate me and cancel me. You can't cancel the gospels. That's a demon. So you have to understand when you start hearing third person, like we don't want to do this, or he knows we're here, or what do you want from us? I remember one time I was walking into a gas station. And there was a little old sweet lady in front asking for money and I was going to give her money. And she said, what do you want from us? How did you know we're here? What do you want from her? We know who you are. And, and this is a sweet little old lady. And this is speaking out of her in front of a gas station. I walked up to give her money and she's speaking in the voice of we, we, who's we, the demons, the demons are speaking in third person. Okay. So you need to understand if you're hearing voices in third person, something's talking to you like you're hearing a conversation. Okay. 3,100 you praise the Lord. If you're hearing a conversation, you got to realize that conversation in your head's a demon. It's not the flesh. The demon's not going to talk to you. And those words, the demon's not going to talk to you in that way. 
These are the things of the flesh. These are absolutely demonic spirits that are in you. So you can recognize that's a demon. That's a strategy of the devil is to think it's you. Okay, other things. The demons dominate you. What do you mean by dominate? They force you to do things. They superimpose. So I always talk about dominating thoughts are a sign of a demon. If you're sitting there eating your cinnamon toast crunch, okay? And you're not thinking about anything. And all of a sudden you have a thought that you can't get rid of and you feel like you're anxious because you're wrestling the thought type one if you've done this and you're like i can't get rid of this thought i can't get rid of this thought how do i get rid of this that's a demon giving you a dominating thought that's dominating you like i could control my thoughts because i've been delivered so i want you to know god doesn't want you to have to wrestle your thoughts and he wants to break those dominating thoughts are demonic dominating emotions okay laughing for no reason crying for no reason if you cry all the time and you don't even want to cry it's dominating you that's a demon how about this getting mad during prayer and worship or during preaching that's a demon or confusion how do you explain confusion the cloud <clears throat> excuse me and the fog that rests upon you that's a demon bringing confusion okay pain without justifiable explanation there's pain in your body the doctors don't know what it is there's no explanation that is definitely a demon working in your body here's another one that we don't usually talk about blackouts if you're having blackouts where you're doing things that you don't remember i heard stories of people saying they would get in fights and they would black out and they would wake up and there would be somebody on the ground bloody that they beat up and they don't remember it was a blackout if you hear serial killers they will talk about blacking out and doing all this crazy stuff and then they don't remember and they'll literally be in interrogation saying i don't remember like i literally don't remember what happened why because demons cause blackouts so blackouts are are definitely demonic the church needs to hear this amen brother aaron we're, we're bringing it to them as best as we can okay last way is hearing blasphemy in your head that's another way that you know it's not you it's a demon if you're hearing blasphemous thoughts it's a demon it's not you you need to get deliverance okay this is a good i think this is a good first deliverance teaching for 2021 all right we're just getting warmed up with the deliverance teachings let me give you a recap and then we're going to pray deliverance over you and we're going to see god begin to move and then we'll read donations we'll hang out with the chat and we'll be we'll be back friday doing our call-in plus we'll be watching the chosen episode four i believe on friday but let me go over this for those of you that missed it the myths of deliverance okay number one if you have your notepad and you're missing stuff fill this is the time to fill it in myths about deliverance and if you're not taking notes you're probably not that serious about deliverance all right i'm just gonna say that myths about deliverance myth number one christians cannot have demons myth number two deliverance always has to have dramatic manifestations myth number three those who need deliverance deserve the demons they have myth number four problems are either demonic or emotional i'll write these down in the description after okay myth number five only those with a special gifting can cast out demons myth number six deliverance should be fast okay those are the six myths of deliverance next we're going to talk about the goals of demons or the strategies of demons if you have your notepad you should have already have many of these down number one temptation number two disruption number three ignorance number four deception number five fear number six harassment number seven convince you it's you those are the six myths and the seven goals of demons in people we spent an hour and 30 minutes discussing it i know someone said pagani if you're in here love you alexander pagani good good friend of mine guys make sure you go follow his channel and subscribe here's what we're going to do guys we're going to pray deliverance right now we're going to believe god for deliverance right now i know god wants to set you free i know god wants to deliver you here's all i'm going to do 
I'm going to just command the demons to be evicted. Okay, this is for those of you that are on the verge of a demon coming out. Those of you that need deliverance, you're like, it's there. Now, this might not be for those of you that need a one-on-one -on -one serious deliverance. This is for those that are like, I'm, I'm there. I need you just to command them to leave and they'll leave me. And I want that type of deliverance. That's what we're going to do tonight. So make sure if you haven't renounced, then you should, you should have already if that's you. But if you haven't, thank you, Kelly Hale. Love you and appreciate you. If you haven't renounced, this would be a great time to start renouncing. And this is what renouncing means. It's like, where's that in the Bible? This is all you're saying when you renounce. You're just saying, I sever ties with this. I don't want anymore. So you're like, I renounce pornography. I renounce lust. I renounce addiction. I renounce anxiety. I renounce fear. I renounce whatever it is. You just renounce it and you're just cutting your ties so that the demons have to leave. So right now, just start renouncing. I'll help you. I'll lead you through some of these. I renounce witchcraft. I renounce fear. I renounce dread. I renounce terror. I renounce bitterness. I renounce anger. I renounce resentment. I renounce masturbation. I renounce fornication. I renounce um, violence. I renounce occult. I renounce occult practices. Come on, whatever it is, just renounce it. I renounce divorce. Whatever it is that you need to renounce, whatever it is you need to say, we renounce it tonight in Jesus' name. You have no power. You have no authority, Satan. We renounce you. We break your power. We break your legal, legal rights. Come on, whatever it is, I renounce abortion. I renounce trauma. I renounce rape. I renounce abuse. I renounce childhood. I renounce generational curses. And I renounce religion. Some of you are religious in here and you're half, this half this time you've been trying to prove me wrong in your mind. Renounce it in Jesus' name. Renounce it in Jesus' name. Every demonic spirit, we renounce you. You have no power. Anger, we renounce you. And if you're like, you're giving glory to the devil, this is a good time for you to leave the broadcast, okay? Renounce it in Jesus' name. If you have unforgiveness, now's your time to, to forgive. Right now, forgive everyone. Yeah, Jimmy said, remove, uh, forgive everyone, including you, yourself. Yes, forgive right now. Genuinely forgive them. Genuinely forgive them. Whoever's there coming up in your mind, if it's your mom, if it's your dad, you need to verbally just say, I forgive you. Let it go. Let it go. Whatever they did to you, God wants to purify you. He wants to wash you. He wants to renew you. He wants to restore you tonight in Jesus' name. Father, we just ask right now in Jesus' name that you would bring forgiveness. This is not saying what they did was right, but this is releasing them. And this is releasing you more than it is releasing them. So if there's hurt there, you need to deal with it so that you can be free. This is so God can free you. The Bible says those that have unforgiveness get turned over to the tormentors. So I'm going to give you another minute here to just go ahead and just do all the unforgiveness. Do all the unforgiveness right now. Father, we forgive pastors maybe that abuse you or hurt you. Family members that abuse you or hurt you. Sexual abuse. Just go ahead and just go ahead and forgive right now. We forgive. We forgive those that abused us. We forgive those that hurt us. We forgive those that stole from us. Someone stole from your business. Forgive them in Jesus' name. Christ forgave you. So you forgive them in Jesus' name. Just forgive them right now. Okay. Renounced. Forgive. Now we're going to command the demons to leave. I'm going to look right at the camera and I'm going to command those demons to leave. And you need to just put your hands out and just open your mouth and let the demons come out of your mouth. The music is distracting. All right, we'll turn it off. There you go. The music's off. Right now, we're going to command them to leave in Jesus' name. So this is me coming and taking my legal right in Jesus' name and commanding demons to leave you. Now, many of you are going to get delivered right now. We're going to force these demons out. You might need to rewatch this. You might need to replay this a few times and get these demons out of you because they, a lot of them, they want to leave. They don't want to be there. You've been praying. You've been fasting. You've been learning. We're going to look right in the camera and we're, we're going to command these demons to leave in Jesus' name. So uh, right now, if, you've, if you're done, let's actually get the chat on screen here. There we go. 
If you're done, I know our counter's not working. We have, I think, 3,200 right now. Praise the Lord. I'm going to give you guys a second here. Where's my, my counter here? Let me turn this off. I'm going to give you guys a second here to just go ahead and go ahead and make sure you're done renouncing type one if you're ready and we're gonna we're gonna begin to drive these demons out you keep burping that's normal you're sweating that's normal you want to vomit that's normal maybe get a maybe get a bucket so you can vomit into maybe get something you can throw up into because right now there's going to be mass deliverance in jesus name mass deliverance in jesus name okay are you guys ready get a bucket get whatever you need get in a comfortable place in a room and we're gonna we're gonna right now we're gonna command these demons to leave there's gonna be mass deliverance in jesus this is not in the name of isaiah this is in the name of Jesus that we're doing this. Sweating, coughing, crying, vomiting. Yes, it's all, it's all normal. All right, here we go. Get ready. Just let him come out of you as we command him to leave. We have power and authority. They don't want to be there. Some of you might need a one-on-one. -on -one. You got to go on the map. But right now we're going to command him. Okay, here we go. So Father, in Jesus' name, we bind every demonic spirit. We bind every demonic power. Satan, these people are not your home. And today, we serve you in eviction notice. We command every unclean spirit to leave, to go into the abyss, and to never return in Jesus' name. I command every spirit to come out of the mouth and into the abyss in Jesus' name with no passing on of duties. Spirit of infirmity, spirit of lust, spirit of perversion, spirit of addiction, every occult spirit, every spirit of witchcraft, we come against you now in Jesus' name. You have no power. Come on, guys. God's breaking it right now. You have no power. You have no authority. You have no strength. The Lord rebukes you. So come up now. Leave in Jesus' name. Go into the abyss now. Go into the abyss now in Jesus' name. Spirit of infirmity, go. Spirit of fear, go. Spirit of witchcraft, go. Spirit of murder, go in Jesus' name. You have no power. The Lord rebukes you. You have no power in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, we pray right now that you would go in there and you'd begin to bring light into darkness, that you begin to drive out every spirit that's hiding. We command every hiding spirit to go right now. Every generational curse is broken in Jesus' name. I speak freedom right now out of their mouth in Jesus' name. Up and out in Jesus' name. Not in Isaiah's name. In Jesus' name. Satan, you are bound. Every demonic assignment, every demonic strategy, every demonic contract, is broken in Jesus name Satan you are powerless we sever your assignments the kingdom of darkness we sever your assignments we break you now in Jesus name we speak freedom we speak deliverance and we speak breakthrough right now in Jesus name father I just pray deliverance right now in Jesus name if you're yawning let those demons out oftentimes it's going to come through burping yawning vomiting it's not that the demons are making you vomit it's that when the demons are coming out your body's responding so just let them come out right now out in Jesus name I'm just going to read the chats to see what some of you are dealing with here. Infirmity, go now. In Jesus' name. Spirit of murder, go now. In Jesus' name. You have no power. Cancer, go. In Jesus' name. Cutting. Legion, go. Jezebel, go. In Jesus' name. Spirit of death, go. In Jesus' name. Spirit of addiction to nicotine and cigarettes, go. In Jesus' name. You have no power. You have no strength. The Lord rebukes you, Satan. Get up and out now. In Jesus' name, go. Spirit of pornography, go. Depression, go. In Jesus' name. I feel sick and weak. Let it out right now. All of it, go. All of it, go. Yeah, I know a lot of you are nauseous. You're vomiting. Let it go now. If it's in your stomach, up and out now. Every spirit hiding, come up and out now. Spirit of suicide, PTSD, go. Poverty, 
Go in Jesus' name. Your back is hurting yet, and there's probably a demon there. Come up now. Out of her back in Jesus' name. Out of her mind in Jesus' name. Out of her mind in Jesus' name. Go now. Go now in Jesus' name. Anxiety, go. Fear, go. Pride, go. Every hiding spirit, go in Jesus' name. Go in Jesus' name. Right now. Right now. Go. Go. Every snake spirit, Kundalini, go. Kundalini, go now. Python, go. You have no power. Profanity, gluttonous, go now in Jesus' name. And you're laughing, that's normal. That's a demon manifesting, Vanessa. Very normal. Right now, go. Right now, go. Some of you are just manifesting, and now you're going to go get deliverance because now you know it's there. Others will get fully delivered, but some of you, this is a start to the process that now that you know there's demons, we're exposing them because we're not just giving you information, we're giving you demonstration. Now you can go seek out deliverance. Go, every demon, go. In Jesus' name. You guys can see on screen right now all the people manifesting. It's literally on screen. You can see it right here. You can see it right here. All the people commenting. Go now. Feeling cold, shivers. Go schizophrenia. You have no power. Every spirit, every spirit, I command you to leave. Out of the, out of the mouth, into the abyss now. Every spirit, we command you to leave. Now, in Jesus' name. Freedom in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I ask you to do what only you can do. Holy Spirit, I ask you to do what only you can do. Isaiah can't do this. Holy Spirit, do what only you can do in Jesus' name. Do what only you can do in Jesus' name. Release your power. Release your fire. Release your anointing. I pray the fire of God to torment these demons right now. I pray the fire of God to torment these demons in Jesus' name. Angels, Lord, send your angels to bind up these demons right now. Send your angels to bind up these demons right now in Jesus' mighty name. Get out of them now. It's time to go. Your new home is the abyss. They are not your home. Come on, I feel something breaking. They are not your home. Go in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, get out. In Jesus' name, get out. No more fear. No more fear. No more fear. People are saying demons are leaving them. You guys can see in the comments right there. People are throwing up, burping, yawning. Satan, you're being evicted. This is mass deliverance. You have an eviction notice. I'm going from laughing to crying. It's so weird. That's a demon. It's normal. It's, it's normal. In the name of Jesus, by the blood of Jesus, the blood is against you, Satan. The blood is against you, Satan. Go now. Spirit of homosexuality, go in Jesus' name. Nightmares, doubt, go. Go out in Jesus' name. Out in Jesus' name. Spirit of murder, out in Jesus' name. Soul ties are broken in the name of Jesus. Generational curses are broken in the name of Jesus. Get out of them now. ADHD, get out of them now. Lust, get out now. Just go ahead and type whatever it is you guys need me to call out. In Jesus' name, sleeplessness, insomnia, the Lord rebukes you. Spiritual spouses, out. We break your covenant now. You have no power. Come out of them in Jesus' name. Regret, come out. Bloodline curses broken by the blood of Jesus. Spirit of perfection, vanity, come out now. Social anxiety, bipolar, insecurity, go. Go in Jesus' name. Go in Jesus' name. The Lord is against you, Satan. We put a stand against you right now. The blood is against you now. The blood is against you, Satan. You are defeated. You are defeated in Jesus' name. You are defeated in Jesus' name. Go. 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 You have no power. Spirit of Ahab, we, we come against you. Spirit of Jezebel, we come against you right now. Spirit of lukewarm, go. Laziness, envy, jealousy, restlessness, pride, fear, religion out of them now out of them now spirit of alzheimer's go in jesus name 
Spirit of autism, go in Jesus' name. You have no power. Doubt, go. Rejection, go. In Jesus' mighty name. Father, I just pray your power. Holy Spirit, release your fire. Holy Spirit, release your power. Holy Spirit, release your anointing in Jesus' name. Release your anointing in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I pray right now that you do what only you can do. Have your way. Have your way in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, just right now, full freedom. I pray over you right now by the power of the Holy Spirit in Jesus' name that you would be fully delivered, that there would be full freedom, there'd be full deliverance, and there'd be full breakthrough. For those of you that are starting to manifest, I pray the Lord would lead you to someone to do full deliverance on you right now in Jesus' name. For many of you, listen, for many of you tonight, the Lord revealed stuff to you. For many, Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode of the Revival Lifestyle Podcast. If you like what you heard, go to www.isaiahsaldivar.com for more content. And please follow me on Facebook, YouTube, and Instagram at Isaiah Saldivar. See you next week.